we have a few preliminaries to deal with before I get to the Word of God. The first is to remind Margie Schleyer's Thursday morning group to keep their mouths shut. Because I'm going to ask a question that we've asked there several times. They never remember in any case. That doesn't really matter. Before we do that, that uh, during worship I had a a picture in the spirit of a throne. It's quite a humble throne made of wood. It was empty. It wasn't ornate in any way. It's strong, made of wood. I asked the Lord, what's that all about? And he said, it's the throne of every believer. And the understanding is the Lord is waiting and calling every born-again, spiritual believer to exercise the authority and to sit on that throne and to trample on serpents and scorpions and to engage with the powers of darkness. He has invested an authority in us, and it's a scandal if we don't exercise that authority and allow the evil one to have his way. Now, the the hereditary parent, my mother loved gin and tonic. Um, The question is, for everyone except Margie Schleyer's group, why is a temple built. All over the world, there are many temples built by multiple religious energies. What is the purpose of these temples? What's it for? Well, I thought you would say that because that's wrong, but it's true, all right? It's What's that? Who said that? What did you say? It's a place of residence. A temple is where God lives. It's his street address. Of course, the worship goes on and all that stuff. But a temple in the language, well, in all language, is a place where a deity lives. Remember that. Uh, In the 19th century, there was a a commentator. In the 19th century, it all begins with 18, you know. Just at the end. There's a man called Mark Twain. And he said, Do not put off off until tomorrow what you can put off till the day after tomorrow. (laughs) That may be okay for the 19th century. It's not okay for the kingdom of God. For today is the day of salvation, and God will speak to us today 
And he wants action this day. When Churchill was in the war in his bunker in London, he had a tag on a file. It was a terrible tag, apparently. If your file came back with it, it had action this day. And you were in big trouble if that action wasn't taken this day. And so the word of the Lord to us today has that tag on it. Action this day. Because the word of the Lord is here not to inform, but to transform. Alan and Mary Ellen bang on about it. Every time I go to a prayer meeting, they want us to be transformed. So uh, we open ourselves now and submit to the word of God. which is to be actioned in our hearts and in our lives. I'm going to ask Brenda if you come forward and read scriptures for me. Uh, Right through the whole chapter until there. Whole chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now you are still not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not of the flesh and behavior, behaving according to human inclinations? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. For we are God's servants working together. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, the work of each builder will become visible, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive reward. If the work is burnt up, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you know, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? For if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Do not 
deceive yourselves. If you think that you are wise in this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast about human leaders, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or, the, or life or death or the present or the future, all belong to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Thank you very much. So we start in verse 1, brothers and sisters. So this morning the word is for those who are the family of God. And if you are not born again, if you haven't received Christ in your heart, if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, the word is not for you. Uh, I suppose you could go and have some tea, but because it it is serious if you're not born again, because if you're not born again, uh, when you die, you are cut off from God forever. And we've sung about eternal life, but uh, if you're not born again when you die, you have eternal death. It means eternal separation from all the goodness of God. So uh, the the word is for brothers and sisters. Um, But if you are not born again now, uh, you can be born again now. Uh, Now is the day of salvation. You can say, Jesus, I repent. I turn my mind to you. I believe in you. It's a change of mind and a change of direction. Uh, But... um, If you stay here, the presumption is the word is for you. In fact, if you're not born again, the word, you can be transformed and saved even by hearing the word. Right. And so, as as we read, he says, uh, rather, you're infants in Christ, in the flesh. You're, You're behaving, you're behaving... In the flesh, you're quarreling, you've got malice and conflicts amongst one another. You're infants. It's time to grow up. That's action this day. Grow up and, and, and repent of being childish. Uh, I've got the, sometimes in my pastoral ministry, I think the emotional age of quite a lot of adults is about eight. Never mind. You are not ready. Paul says to the Corinthians, now the Corinthian church in chapter 1 came behind in no gift. They lacked no spiritual gift. They were bull up that you're a wonderful church. And then he goes on to say how they're going to court and they've got sexual perversion and all the rest of it. He says, you're not ready for solid food. So after it's time, we fed on solid food. And we can't do that while we're still being fleshy. Being, as it says in, in, in verse 4, uh, merely human. Uh, we need to hear the contempt. You know, we're merely human. Christians behaving as if they're merely human. Christians behaving as if they're normal human beings. That's revolting. That is a scandal. That is blasphemy. It's sacrilege. Christians behaving normally. We are a transcendent people. We're not a Paul or a Silas or a Methodist or this or that. Belong to Jesus. Right? And uh, we, we, we're different. And uh, we, when we're cursed, we bless. 
Uh, when the taxi cuts across us, we glorify the be blessed, be saved. We're, 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 we're different. Uh, look, let us repent of being normal Christians. Let, let us behave in the power of the Holy Spirit uh, so that people say, those are strange people. Gosh, and they, they, they don't do what's normal and sensible and, and, and accepted. Uh, mere humans. You Corinthians, you came behind in no gifts, they're doing all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mere humans. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe. And so, and so it says, uh, uh, in verse 7, where's verse 7? Just after verse 6. Extraordinary. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. Can we get this right, beloved? Let's get this right. The ministers of God are not anything. That's the word of God. Right? They're esteemed highly for their work's sake, but not for status, not for title. You know, we, we came one day and we found a big notice in the car park for His Reverend Grace Allen Blackman. We had to have it removed. It's revolting. Jesus says, don't have titles. He said, don't do it. Don't call people this, that, and the other. Your grace. He said, don't do it. Well, we do do it. Because we, we're idolaters. And we, and we love to, to idolize men. I'm holding up my trousers because they're about to fall down. I've got a big... Uh, okay. uh, I have got a belt, a big one. You bought me. But, there it is. But it, it, I've got to put another hole in there. Right, that was a diversion, all right? It's in the notes, all right? So, so let's understand the ministers of God are not anything according to the word of God. They're downpipes, remember, Costa Mitchell. And, and this, this raising up of people because the, the, the human flesh wants to divert from the Lord a, a, a sense of, if I call him pastor this or bishop that, and, and if I make way for him and kiss his ring and all that stuff, uh, it, it releases me from needing to get right with Jesus. It's a substitute. It's a religious nonsense. They're not anything, right? Esteemed highly for their work. So we esteem the ministers of God for their work, but not for themselves. No status. No status, no titles, no reverences. My daughter's just been ordained into a system, a sacramental-type church. She says she's competing with Mr. Bean because she's in... She thought she, because she was the lowliest thing, she had to go at the back, which is found in the ecclesiastical procession. She has to go in the front. And therefore, she leads the procession, and she's always turning the wrong way. And uh, one service she led was titled Hymns and Pims. Can you believe that? Never mind. It's a diversion. I quite like that idea. 
Right. Uh, God's field. It says we're God's field. God's field. Here we are. No, verse 9, God's field. God's field. We're being cultivated. I was brought up on a farm. And my goodness, those fields. They get plowed. Then they get disked. Then they get harrowed. And they get rolled. They get sown. And rolled again. That's cultivation. We are God's. God is a farmer. Uh, and, and he's cultivating us. And, the, and the, the plow shear is cutting through and turning over. Action this day. We are God's field and he's at work. And he's a farmer and he's waiting for the fruit of the seed that he has planted in our lives. And we, are, we are God's building. God is a building contractor. And, and he's the foundation. There's no other foundation. Uh, no other foundation. It's... It's not theological this or traditional that. No other foundation. And uh, you see these beautiful stones here. And Jesus is the foundation. He's the cornerstone and he's the capstone. The capstone's the one at the top there. Beautiful these stones here. So we are being built. He's the, uh, Jesus says, I will build my church. Someone came up to me who was part of an exploding music, uh, movement that was going around the world and turning to, it's actually gone poof now, there's no evidence of it. No. But he came up to me and said, Jonathan, what have you built? I said, if I've built anything, please knock it down. <laughs> Jesus is the builder of the church, and he's building us. And as Mary Ellen was sharing somewhere recently about the blocks of the temple that had to be fashioned and cut away from the temple site for there must be no noise or sweat at the temple site. But the building site is a mess. I mean, we've watched checkers going up. What a mess that was. And, and, and God's temple... The end is not constructed by the sweat of human beings. He is building his temple precisely. And it was so good, you know, you couldn't wear wool in the temple. You couldn't wear sweat, cloth that need uh, linen. You had temple priests didn't sweat. Clicks will go down the tube, is that right? Right, foundation, we've done that. This day, oh, that's good. <laughs> there we are. Did you notice that the work of each builder will become visible for the day? Did you notice, can we find the day? It's a capital D. <laughs> that's the day of accounts. Uh, verse, uh, the day, verse 12. Is it there? If any man, the day they are, his work will be sure, because the day will bring it to light. There's a day of accounting. We're going to have some accounting after the service, but there's a day. There's a day where everyone's work is going to be tested by fire. Everyone, 
crackle, 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 crackle. That's the sound of wood, hay, and stubble. When I have built my church to my glory, to uh, my intelligence and my initiative, and you do this and you do that, crackle, crackle, crackle. Quite a few, quite a few uh, things going on on TV. <laughs> crackle, crackle, crackle. The day, there's a day, an insurreptor. We will be, because we built with gold and silver and precious stone, the fire will make us glow with the glory of God. For the day, the day will reveal the the story. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's important to me because I was brought up to be a fraud. And... uh, I'm relieved now. I've been relieved. At one time, I was heading for crackle, crackle, crackle. The Lord has made me genuine in spite of my inclinations. All right. And so now we come to, do you not know that you are God's temple? Julia had it right. Do you know you're God's temple? Do you know, you know, where does God live? Here. Right? His street address is my heart and your heart. 1 Corinthians 6, uh, it's an individual temple. And 2 Corinthians 6, it's a corporate temple. But the, the, the temple in Jerusalem was knocked down because God's moving. Various people have been moving. I think people have been moving house. Zalani's moving house. One of the big things high on the stress level when you move house. Well, God has moved house. Excuse me, Eddie. Right, okay. Right. Uh, God, I need something to get this belt tied. It's all right. A hundred billion failures. We sung about it. No matter. Oh, all right. Um, right, God's moved house. Right, uh, he's taken up residence. Uh, I, I exercise consciousness when I go for a walk. I bring the presence of the Lord. I went and watched the sharks yesterday at Pinto's. And I had a sense of bringing the presence of the Lord into that place. We carry the presence of the Lord. And, and, and Eloise put, sent, sent me a thing on his cell phone, things like it was fascinating, he said. This preacher was saying, God has invested a reservoir within us. A reservoir of blessing. And we have to understand that everything we receive from God, every gift, every anointing, every understanding, every revelation, every ability we receive from God is for someone else. Yes. So when God invests a reservoir of blessing within us, it's to be disseminated. It's be dis- open up the floodgates. You are to bless. We are to bless everything that we come across, particularly, particularly the taxi driver. All right. What we receive is to be dispersed. We are downpipes. We are distributors. Because we are the temple of God. 
You're the reservoir of God's blessing. And, and we need to be particularly pleased when somebody is unkind or unpleasant or irritating because they're objects of blessing. Bless you in Jesus' name. Bless you in Jesus' name. Uh, is that Ayanda? It's around the corner. All right. Wisdom of this world. Well, we've got to, oh, here we are. We've gone, we, we've, God's moved on his temple. We're God's temple. And, and we better be very careful how we treat the temples of God. We honor one another as the temples of God. Because he says, if anybody upsets us, he will destroy the person who upsets his temple. He says, I will destroy them. It's not my word, it's his. He says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. God's temple is holy. We are holy. Holy means exclusively belonging to God. We are holy. That's great. But we have to be very careful how we treat and view one another. The, uh, the early pagans noted the Christian community for being very peculiar in that they loved one another so much. The expression, the divine love of the people of God for one another was a sign to the pagan world. Do not deceive yourselves if you think that you are wise in this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. The wisdom of the world, now you're talking in theological and philosophical contexts, you know, Plato and Aristotle and Socrates. Let's understand that the wisdom of this world is wonderful and marvelous and useful in this world, but not in the kingdom of God. Uh, I, I'm very grateful for modern technology. Uh, it's the wisdom of this world, and it works for this world. I don't despise it. But the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. We try and use the wisdom of this world to manipulate the kingdom. He catches the wise in their craftiness. The Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So if you're a theological academic and you've got your third doctorate, the word of God says it's all futile. Futile means vapor, vanity, emptiness. So let no one boast about human leaders. We've got to get away from this veneration. I believe, I, I believe the, uh, the Zulu brothers and sisters and cause can tell us that in your culture, you venerate the leaders. 
The idea that a, a leader should be a servant leader is strange. Our beloved, Zalani is very good. He, he, he understands this. There's an anointing on him for service. But uh, this business where the, the leader has got some title and privilege and, and everyone makes way for him and cleans his shoes or whatever, it's nonsense. Jesus said, you call me Master and Lord. That's right. That's who I am. I'm your Master and Lord. And I'll show you how it works. Bring me a towel in the basin and I will wash your feet. That's how you are Lord and Master. All things are yours. And the reference is to the ministers. Can you hear this? I want to come back to that. This is one of my winding back a little bit. When the vehicle of revelation becomes an object of veneration, the result is an abomination. That's Leech. When a minister or a building or a work of art or the Bible itself, when the vehicle of revelation becomes an object of veneration, the result is an abomination. Flee from idolatry. You know, idolatry is very natural to us, to the fleshy soul, to the human being. That's why we have programs called idols. So they're all yours. Now God has anointed many ministers. Uh, they're not all cons. There's some wonderful anointed ministers across the world. And they all belong to us. All things are yours. It says clearly, Apollos, Paul, and Cephas, they're all yours. City Hill and, and, and St. Agnes, and all the wonderful ministers. We're very blessed along this highway with ministry. One or two heretics, but no one. Uh, it belongs to us. Ministers can't say, my people. Because the people say, no, you're my minister, which means servant. Uh, give me a word. All things are yours. The world, life, death, the present, the future, all belong to you. Belonging is the essence of covenant. All things belong to you. And you belong to Christ. Christ can say, my people. And Christ belongs to God. It's about belonging. You're not your own. You're bought to the price. But as we were also exploring, I think, in Margie's Thursday group, is fantastic. I was given lemon rank pie on Thursday. This is a good group. And uh, we, 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 we were hearing how uh, um, in Luke 16, this life is not ours, belongs to Jesus. But the next age, and right through the, the teaching of Jesus and Paul and Peter, this age and the age to come, this age and the age to come, 
this age and the age to come. And 2 Corinthians 4 points out that this age is running out. It's, it's, I mean, Satan's license is running out. He's for the chop. <laughs> He's really in trouble, Satan. And uh, the age to come, in, in terms of the teaching of Jesus in Luke 16, how can you be trusted with that which is your own if you are not faithful that which is another person. So our life here belongs to the Lord, but he has our very own life for us in the age to come. And the difference between this age and the age to come is that this age is coming to an end. And the age to come, as we sang this morning, is eternal. Action this day! <laughs>